0: Welcome to The Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. The podcast where pastor and author Matt Brown debriefs your questions about Christianity and current issues shaping our culture. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Debrief Podcast with Matthew Stephen Brown.
1: Yes, yes.
0: I am your host Donna Martin and I'm so excited to be here. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm
1: great, man. You got some sun back from Hawaii.
0: I did. I got a lot of sun. I'm peeling. This is my... Other side of my heritage coming
1: out. (laughs) (laughs) I get
0: really red and I peel a lot. And so um, I'm the one in the family that has to lather up Uh, with a lot of stuff. I have gotten so
1: burned in Hawaii where I've literally had to go to the hospital. Like, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, just just I, blisters
0: oh yeah. yeah see i've never gotten that far but i do peel and burn so i have to be really careful but anyway we're gonna jump right in because we have some amazing questions today thank you so much for sending in your questions um to move.sc forward slash ask or even some people have uh sent in questions through youtube through instagram so keep doing that We yeah enjoy- thanks
1: so much i mean the show is really only as good as the questions yeah. and so we can only keep going as you guys are Courageous enough and brave enough Absolutely. to send in questions or concerns. Yeah,
0: and you can always send them anonymously, but we've got some <clears throat> we've got some names today, so mm-hmm. we're excited. Okay, so this is our first one. We're gonna jump in. Otilia from Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. And she says, Hello, Pastor Matt. I have a question regarding the way my sister talks or witnesses to people. Wow. Here is yeah. a conversation she had with her daughter's gay friend, who is a man but dresses like a woman. Please correct me if I'm wrong or if she is also, please give me advice on how to speak to her about this. I feel she is pushing him away, but she says we have to be bold. (coughs) If I'm wrong, please correct me. I don't mind. Thank you. And so now I'm going to read just a little bit of what I think is an Instagram exchange between the sister and the daughter's gay friend. Yes. Mother to daughter's gay friend. Boy, you need to stop. Jesus is coming. No time to play. Just stop. Mm. The friend says, or the gay friend says, respectfully, I appreciate your concern for my well-being, Mary, and I know we have love for each other, but this is who I am. There is no off button, and I'm not playing anything like it's a game. This is my life, and I don't need anyone's approval, but merely their acceptance. Moving forward, I would appreciate it if you would not speak to me like this. Just know that I accept Jesus into my life and in my heart, so that should be the only thing that matters. We're all entitled to our opinions, but I would appreciate if you would keep your opinions to yourself to yourself when speaking the Lord's name to me and the mother or the the sister says no respectfully it should matter that God made you a man with the parts to say you are man the devil has stolen your identity what God made you can't make a baby that's the first part you don't have he said be fruitful and multiply so it would be a disservice to you to lie to you and tell you yes you can be who you want to be it's who God did make you. I love you and will continue to pray that the blinders get pulled off your eyes to see the truth of the real you, a man of God. Mm-hmm. So this was the exchange that they had.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, there's there's multiple variables here that are challenging. Uh, so I agree with her that we must be bold. But let me give you two verses in context. And these these two verses have really helped me to um, rectify, you know, how does God want me to be bold mm-hmm. to those who are not of Christ? and 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 really, then, how to speak to those who you know maybe like this guy, he's kind of saying he's a Christian right um, I would disagree um because you know the Bible says that when we when we invite Christ in our life that we are no longer our own, that yes. we have been bought with a price and so a Christian is submitting themselves and their body uh, to Christ completely and so ultimately that is what you know, what he wants for us. And so so I would just say this just in general, because I hear a lot of Christians saying we need to be bold. I hear a lot of pastors saying we need to be bold. I get accused oftentimes of of, of not being bold enough by uber conservatives on the right. And so let me just give you some scripture, Donna, for for why I am different in terms of addressing issues that are outside the church. So actually it comes from 1 Corinthians 5, 12. And, uh, you know, I got a great comment this week on my Instagram. Are you going to go with you know, culture or scripture. And my one word response was scripture. Amen. So let's go with what scripture says. And so I want everyone to listen to me very carefully. All scripture is inspired by the, by God. So it, it's all authoritative. When we're reading scripture, we need to ask ourselves, is this an inclusive verse or is this exclusive? Is this an insider verse mm-hmm. or is this a verse to be used towards outsiders? And that confusion is why I think Christians don't handle the mm-hmm. word of God in a great way so when you're reading um a book of the bible it's almost always written to believers yeah and then within those books there are verses that tell us how to behave towards non-believers yeah absolutely. and so we need to be able to discern that so first corinthians 5 12 it isn't my responsibility this is scripture it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders this is the word of god yeah but it is certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church who That's are right. sinning So this is a little confusing because this person is claiming to be an insider. Right. But is he in your church? Mm -hmm. And and so if this young man was in our church, then I would sit down and talk with him. Uh, Do you claim to be a Christian? Then here's what my understanding of what God's word says. So here's the issue. There are other churches now that disagree. Yeah. And so um, what I would encourage this young man to do is to go to a church where his beliefs are affirmed. But if he's going to remain in sandals, here is our understanding of biblical sexuality of biblical gender, of our calling to follow Christ. And so what we need to hold to in this culture is these words, our calling. Yeah, Here's what we understand, our calling to be. And so because that's really our, 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 where we're safe in our culture. When we start telling other people how to live and their understanding, that's where I think we get on thin ice. And so the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church of Corinth, and he's instructing them in a very pagan culture. You know, think of... Corinth like a combination of New York City and Vegas. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And he's challenging them on how they should live as believers. He's saying, hey, is this an inside issue or an outside issue? And unfortunately, in this passage, it was an inside issue that they weren't dealing with. And let me say this. This is why I think we're so fascinated with what everyone else is doing outside of the church because we don't wanna look at our dirty laundry inside the church. So is this young man Uh, Does he misunderstand God's call for his life if he is a believer? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So then, how do we speak to him? Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. This is a, uh, uh, I'm going to say seminal, but nobody knows what that means. This is a foundational uh, verse for the birth of Sandals Church. Why is sandals so different? Why do so many of your friends who go to other more conservative, and by conservative, I mean culturally conservative churches, why do they not understand sandals? And it's because the Holy Spirit has not spoken to them for whatever reason or they've not listened to the Holy Spirit when it comes to Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. When I read this verse, it was transformational in terms of how I wanted sandals to behave and act towards people who weren't believers. Mm -hmm. And so here's here's the verse, and I'm going to read it to you, Donna, in three different translations uh colossians 4 5-6 through 6, nlt live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity mm-hmm. let your conversations be gracious i love this and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone it's good so here's where i think this woman is missing it i think she's missing the right response yeah. to this young man i think she has the right intentions she has the wrong response. You've heard me say all the time, I can be right in what I'm saying, I can be wrong in how I'm saying it. So timing is everything when we speak to people, but so is tone. you know, there are so social many things. media
0: rarely has yeah. the right tone.
1: There are so many things <laughs> that, you know, uh, former President Trump will say that I agree with. Right. His tone yes. <laughs> is like nails on a chalkboard. Right. And so in the name of boldness, you know, he will say, you know, uh, the guy that's prosecuting him, I think in Atlanta, you know, I think he could say, I disagree with this guy. I, I disagree with him constitutionally. And then he goes on to just, call this guy like eight names. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, bro, Mm -hmm. stop, man, stop. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us as Christians, we see Trump and we're just so glad that someone's saying maybe something that we agree with, but you should be as concerned with how they're saying it as what they're saying. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, does America have a border crisis? Absolutely. You know, even the African-American mayor in New York city now is going, this This is is a problem and it is a problem. But, we need to say it in such a way that takes into consideration the racist past of America mm-hmm. that is real mm-hmm. and we need to be aware of that. And so um, has the church sinned against the gay community in the way that we've communicated um, towards them historically? Yes. absolutely, Grotesquely. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've picked on them. We've isolated them. We've separated it from issues like divorce, promiscuity, mm-hmm. Uh, pornography, and sexual immorality is this umbrella term in the Bible for all of these categories mm-hmm. of sin, and yet we've picked on them as a church, and that's wrong. Yeah. And so what we need to do is we need to own that and say, okay, there, there's some wounding here. Yeah. And so we need to make sure that what we say, listen to these words, is attractive so that we will have the right response. So here it is in the NIV. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace yeah. and seasoned with salt
2: mm-hmm.
1: that you may know how to answer everyone. And so what I would say is don't just pray about what God's word says. Pray about how God would have you speak his mm-hmm. word. And so you know, here's the thing where I, you know, as a communicator, here's where I've sinned as a communicator. I've said the right things in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I got into huge trouble years ago um, you can still Google this, you know, where I was talking about, you know, gay marriage was on the ballot in California and I made a joke that implied that, you know, I might be violent towards someone who would, mm. uh, perform a gay wedding. It was egregious. It was yeah. wrong. Um, I believe, and I stand firmly that marriages is, is biblical marriage is to be between a man and a woman. Um, you know, and that's what the Bible says. But what I said was so out of tone, so out of touch with what the gay community has experienced, how they felt. And I was wrong Mm -hmm. in how I said it. Yeah. And, um, and I got to own that. And so we have to learn to, when we speak on these issues, how am I making the gospel attractive? Because she's right. Jesus is coming. And we don't want to insult him into heaven. We want to yeah. attract him that's into heaven, and, and that's what's so important. Yeah. And so, listen to this. This is uh, when I was in seminary. We were not allowed to use the NASB because it's cheating. <laughs> so in Greek class, you're not allowed to use it because it's so word for word. Mm-hmm. So people will say, "Well, that's the NLT." So let me give it to you. This is the closest translation we have in English from the Greek. So here it is in a very, very word for word translations. Conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders. Mm-hmm. Is this woman being wise? Right. I don't think so. Making the most of every opportunity. Let your speech always mm-hmm. be with grace, seasoned, as it were, with salt. Mm-hmm. What does salt do? It makes things taste better.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So that you may know how, I love this, you should respond to each person. Um, You know, I want to respond to my children as individuals. I want to respond um, to each person as individuals. And so, you know, last week on the debrief, I was trying to respond to the gay community who, you know, a woman was shot merely for flying um, the rainbow flag outside Mm -hmm. of her business, which I believe is her right as an American. And, you know, this is just where I, I just think America is so grotesque on both sides um, and politically, I'm a libertarian at heart. I believe I have the right as an American to be left alone.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> leave
1: me alone. Um, you know, I as my friend of mine bought me a T-shirt that says Liz- "Libertarians trying to take over the world one day at a time, so we can leave you alone." <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And um, and that's just that's just what I believe. And so you know, um, America, you know, is should be the land of the free. Right. And so people get to to live their own lives. I hate how. Uh, progressives are infiltrating every area of our life um you know managing our lives uh directing our lives all in the name of their morality and we need to understand this climate change is not just science it is a religion
2: absolutely
1: it is a religion and you know they have their prophet Greta Thunberg <laughs> you know and and she she's the <laughs> oracle um and we need to understand that and I don't like them uh you know constantly, Invading my life. Have you brought a new air, uh, air conditioner yet? No, they're horrible. I haven't. They don't work. <laughs> they freeze up. It is terrible. And 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 for everybody listening, wait till you have to replace your AC unit. It's awful. Oh no, because it's the new environmental policies, and you know it's it's just it's just terrible. But what they're doing is they're invading my life in the name of their sense of morality. Now, for every liberal out there, I want clean water. I want better air. Just go chill. Take a lap around the block. <laughs> Nobody wants to ruin the environment. We have one planet to live on. Right. But but I don't need to be religious mm-hmm. and worship the earth the way that you do and, and and the climate change and all of this stuff. So, you know, we need to understand that, that so much of what's broken in America is we've lost this. And, you know, some of the criticism I received is, you know, um, well, Pastor Matt, you're, you're, you're uh, what did I get called, mini-woke? Kind of woke. A wee bit woke. woke. Oh, a wee bit. Yeah, a wee bit woke. <laughs> and I want everybody to understand this: hmm. that the church thrived in Rome under liberal conditions. Mm-hmm. When Nero went uber conservative, he started killing us. Yeah. So, so a lot of Christians think that just progressivism is the enemy uber conservatism is the enemy. So in India, I don't know if you knew this, but Sandals sponsored 1,100 children. Wow. We fed them, we clothed them, we educated them. Mm-hmm. We were kicked out of India. We we're no longer allowed to feed them, clothe them, because they elected a conservative Hindu. Wow. Okay? Uh. You know, so much of what's happening in China, it's conservatism, and we need to understand that there are evils on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so instead of saying, Am I a conservative or am I a progressive? And, and this is why I love Bill Maher, you know, who was a wacko liberal right in the 90s. And now he, he's accused of being a right wing, mm-hmm. you know, Trump supporter, which is just hilarious. But, but, you know, Christianity thrives under liberalism when we are allowed to worship God as yeah. we see fit. And um, there's evil on both sides uber-conservatism or uber-liberalism. And we need to make sure that, you know, we, we we have this right. And again, that's why I'm convicted that the church will thrive best when there's freedom of speech, mm-hmm. when there's freedom of ideas, when there's freedom of religion, when we don't live under an oppressive, uh, controlling government. And these are just weird, weird political times. I mean, everything it, that I've known is so weird. So what and, I would say yeah. is part of, I think, the passion that's inappropriate here is everything's political. yeah. And so I think she's gotten some of her political rhetoric confused with her Christian faith. Yeah. And so she's speaking against this young man. And what I would say is I love you. I hope that you know that I love you. I believe that God's has a different calling on your life. And I'm so glad to hear that you've taken a step to profess Jesus as your Lord. Mm-hmm. What I would love to do is sit down with you and talk about what that means because he is the lord of all your your life or he is the lord of none of your life. Absolutely. And part of that and I would take him to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 chapter 5 where the apostle Paul is explicitly clear that he is the lord of our bodies and we must honor him with our bodies. And, and in 1 Corinthians it talks about you know, um, so much of that is a woman's long hair is her glory, yeah. and a man must not do that. The Apostle Paul is addressing transgenderism yeah. in
0: Corinth. I remember you said that. I yes, was like, and yes, that's what a lot of people be. miss is, yeah.
1: you know, this this uh, this this um, gender confusion is not something that's new. It's right. been around for forever. Um, but what it what is new is we have this scientific ability now to alter human bodies mm-hmm. in a way. Um, you know, and not that they didn't do it then, because eunuchs oftentimes, you know, that was a big part of that. They right. were altering men back then by cutting their testicles off to make them more effeminate. Yes. and many of the male prostitutes in the uh, temples of the ancient world um, had had their testicles Very cut nice. off. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and so we need yeah, to understand.
0: I think that that. Um, that was really good. Thank you so much for that response. And I love the scripture. I kept hearing, make the most of every opportunity. Yeah. And so I don't know if we always think, you know, I have an opportunity here to speak to someone who believes differently than me or is behaving in a way that I don't necessarily agree with. Right. And instead of using that opportunity to be a blessing to them yes have our speech seasoned with salt and and draw them closer to the holy spirit right it's his kindness that leads us to repentance it's not his anger our anger right it's his kindness and so and and i just think again social media we say things and you say this all the time to people over social media we would never say to the yeah, we they would never come to your church and stand in your face and call you a wee bit woke. Yeah. yeah, You know, and so I think that we just have to be so careful, especially over social media. If somebody doesn't say exactly all the things that we think they should say, we accuse them of being left yeah. or right or whatever. Yeah.
1: And even in this podcast, it's a conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and let me say it, to all of our listeners, you know, I got so much, you know, concern o- over <laughs> uh, my interview. You weren't here, but it was with uh, Anissa and Cindy. Right. And, and I just want everybody to understand there's a difference between you and I sitting down on this show and answering questions versus me interviewing believers. Mm -hmm. And so, and and you've got to be able to understand that, that, that even in a sermon, I'm not saying everything I believe about all theology in a point. Correct. I'm trying to communicate something in a point for one thing, and you can't speak to everything for all time in every word. And that's part. Another thing that I hate about politics: people are just lying in wait for yeah, you to trip up, that's right. for you to misspeak, and uh, it's why on this show I don't make fun of, uh, you know, Joe Biden's age or or his stumbling. I feel sad for him, and and for Christians to make fun of him and put down. What does the Bible say about how we are to speak to an older man? Mm-hmm. Is he is Biden an older man? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You would not speak to your father that way, who's clearly dealing with some senility. Mm-hmm. He just is. Mm-hmm. Would, would, would we laugh at our father or our grandmother when they tripped and fell walking up the stairs? No. Right. So why, why do Christians think this is okay mm-hmm. behavior? It's not okay. Uh, do I think he should be president? No.
2: Mm-hmm. But right.
1: I am not going to give myself permission to put him down, to make fun of him, uh, to join in the mob, because that's who killed Christ, Yeah. the mob. And so, you know, I think that, I can feel sad for him. I think I can communicate that this is, you know, this is not what we need as a country. Um, You know, never under any circumstances do I believe that God would call an 80-year-old to replace me as senior pastor, much less, you know, for president of the United States. And so I I think that that's something that we need to address, you know, as a country. So so just know we need to have grace for each other. Please give grace to me. And if I've said something that didn't come out Clearly, I mean, you're married. I mean, with you and Devo, is there ever some confusion on tone? Or, yes. Right? Or things and,
0: that were said. Yes. Or, yeah. and, and
1: so much of Tammy and I, when we're dis- disagreeing and arguing, is working through how I've said something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had a fight last week where I meant to compliment her. And it <laughs> didn't come did, out. Right. Oh, she did not receive it that way. <laughs> and so then I was offended because I was trying to compliment. And then I had to back up and say, okay, I he- I hear how she's, how she took
2: mm-hmm. what
1: I was saying. Mm-hmm. And I had, to, I had to back that bus up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, turn on the button, beep, beep, <laughs> beep, and back it up and say, okay, what I meant to do what, was compliment you. And that's just um, a challenge of speaking. And, and so, so for anyone, you were asking me earlier, you know, why don't better people run for political office because we need better leaders. leaders. Donald was asking me that before the show started. I said, can you imagine if I ran all the stupid things I've ever said that are that are recorded yeah like like you guys all your your life is not recorded unless you're a fool who expresses their <laughs> thoughts on social media um and let me just say this to everyone I don't want to pick on this woman the hardest people for me to communicate the gospel to are my family
2: hmm. mm-hmm. I have
1: family members who think they are Christians that I disagree with I have family members who are absolutely opposed to Christ. Yeah. Those people are the hardest for me to mm-hmm. communicate with. And I don't know what it is about family. I mean, Jesus's own family didn't right. get him. Right. Mary, remember, so the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit put Jesus in her womb.
0: Yeah. Think about that. Yeah.
1: Angels spoke to her about who he was. Right, right. And even she got confused. And with his brothers tried to come and get him because yeah. they thought he'd lost his mind. Mm-hmm. And so our own families, and that's why Jesus says a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. Mm-hmm. We need to remember that. So when it comes to our family members, sometimes what we can do is just express love and pray yeah, that's that right. someone else yeah. is going to speak, speak to them. Yep. And so um, so this young man is clearly off. You cannot... Uh, I, I believe as a believer, you cannot mutilate your body. You cannot take, um, drugs to alter the gender that you are. Now, let me say there's, there's an asterisk because there are a certain small percentage. I think it's 0.0005% where children are born and there is some gender confusion. Mm -hmm. That's a real thing. Right. And we need to remember that. And we need to, we need to have an extraordinarily amount of grace for parents for children and who for doctors who are trying to figure out, okay, what do we do here? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of living in a, in a fallen world. You know, our biology can be affected in an extraordinary small percentage. That's not to say that this um, social pressure that's pressuring mm-hmm. our children to question their gender. and And in my experience, the vast majority of the young people who are struggling with gender dysphoria have other issues.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: These girls are cutting themselves, shaming themselves, hurting themselves. And so transgender in our culture is this magic bullet Mm -hmm. that, oh, if I just change my gender, all of these other issues are going to go away, and they don't. Mm -hmm. They're often magnified. Like, I just went to uh, the doctors. I'm 52 years old. At 50, men's testosterone start dropping. Um, that's why we start crying as our old our old age, uh, getting more sensitive. Um, but I, I wanted to see, hey, is testosterone therapy something that I should do? My doctor was like, oh my gosh, there are so many dangers to testosterone therapy. Wow. Now just get this. If I was a 52-year-old woman who wanted to transition to be a man, right. Kaiser Permanente would pump me full Absolutely. of all the testosterone <laughs> that I want. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's to the tra- to the transgender community. That's what breaks my heart. You're not getting medical advice. Right. So if it's so if testosterone replacement, if Kaiser's concerned about its long-term effects for me as a man, why aren't they concerned for you, Donna?
0: Absolutely. And what
1: it would do to you as a woman?
0: I mean, there's so many people yeah. coming out now saying this ruined my yes. life. Oh. I mean, it's heartbreaking to watch these videos of, and and you're right. There's, I mean, there's a student that comes to one of our clubs after school, and he's transgender, and he yeah. had, I mean, as far as I know, he hasn't had any of the surgeries but he dresses up like a girl, he wears lipstick, you know, he comes and he's there every single day. And he's very close to my husband, Yeah, very, very, mm-hmm. very close. He's an African American student. And he just said, you are the first African American man I've ever yeah. seen who is kind to me. I mean, in his experience, yeah. who has been kind to me, who's respectful, who is, who, who just loves me unconditionally, you know, and my husband could spend the whole time telling him how he shouldn't wear lipstick. Yeah, yeah. And maybe there will, God will give an opportunity for him to be able mm-hmm. to speak into his life in that way. But there's so many other things that are going on in the hearts of these young yeah. people where they d- cannot identify with, for this particular man, he could, he has never been able to identify with another African-American man. Yeah. There hasn't been one in his life. Um, that was kind. He told my husband, you're honest. That's what he, that's what he tells him all the time. Mm-hmm. I could just, I just know you're an honest man. Yeah. And so I think in these situations, especially, I don't even think that this it's a family friends kid. Mm-hmm. Like if there's no relationship there to even speak into this, you know, how yeah. just, just that bite. It's yeah. Not and, and there's no all.
1: verse, there's no verse in scripture where God's called you to be the referee.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, so many Christians feel like that's their job just to cry foul and, mm, and for everybody, let good. me just say, I don't care what team you root for. Nobody likes the ref. <laughs>
2: yeah, so, that's right. so
1: stop being the referee mm. and understand that, you know, our job is to lovingly speak the truth with and grace that's and right. love. And so I'm not asking you to compromise. Right. But I, but so the Greek word in Colossians, uh, chapter four, verses five and six can be translated answer or respond. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at that in multiple translations, sometimes it says so that you may know how to answer, but really what it means is to respond. And so the assumption that Paul's making there is you've been asked.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: And so, I mean, how many of us love unsolicited advice? (laughs) That's right. Very, very few people. And so, um, Hmm. you know, and so I I have some gay friends and uh, they're married and one guy is seeking God. He's mm-hmm. attending church. God's really working in his yeah. life. And his partner mad dogs me, glares at me, is so rude and so mean. And I cannot tell you how many times at a wedding or in some kind of social gathering, I get daggers mm-hmm. from the gay community, mm-hmm. right? The, the the culture of love. Mm-hmm. I mean, just daggers. And so what I do is I don't respond that way. Mm-hmm. I just respond with love and grace and, uh, and kindness. And I smile and I shake hands and- because in the end, what's more important than me being offended, and they're being rude.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What's more
1: important is their soul. That's right. And I'm glad that that God cared more about me than my daggers that I was sending at him. Yeah. That he sent his son to die for me on the cross. And it's not always easy. Um, You know, whenever Tammy and I get invited to a party, we literally have to talk about who's going to be there. Because people are awful to us. I believe it. Absolutely yeah. awful to us. And... um. You know, I mean, I was talking with a pastor friend of mine. um, I just said, being the pastor in my role has been the hardest of my wife and kids Mm. because people are cruel. Mm
2: -hmm. People
1: are absolutely cruel, sometimes in the name of Jesus, Mm -hmm. cruel.
2: Of course, yeah.
1: And and it's been so hard for them. But we have to talk about that because we have to prepare ourselves for people who are just rude. Mm -hmm. Um, I've spoken at a funeral. I spoke at a suicide funeral. And there was a guy in the front row while I preached over a suicide and he glared at me because he, because his wife had worked for us and we let her go
2: Mm.
1: at a funeral. And he just daggers three feet away from me the whole time.
2: Mm.
1: And he, at the funeral, he said, I don't know if you could see me looking at you. I said, (laughs) yeah, I saw it the whole time. Yeah. And I said, Mm. I I think it was inappropriate. Wow. But, but I love you and Mm -hmm. I'm praying for you. And he didn't care. So. It just, it's just crazy how people will behave. Yeah. Yeah. Grace so, Christians. Yeah. Come on, Christians. Yeah. Grace, grace. And, and, and let me see. what did Jesus say? Those who've been forgiven much, love much. That's and I right. think, again, some of us have forgotten what Jesus did yeah, for us. That's and good. that's why we can't extend it to others. So.
0: Yeah. So good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that question, for sending it in. That yes. was really good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here's another one. Kelly from Menifee. She says, your sermon touched on those with social anxiety attending services. My social anxiety controls so many aspects of my life and ultimately has me watching sermons online more than attending my local campus. What keeps me from going is being seen and approached by people. If I could slip in and out unnoticed, I'd probably attend more. Connection is difficult for me and activates my fight or flight Mm -hmm. and freeze terribly. Any advice for prioritizing gathering with other Christians while juggling? juggling, sorry, I'm reading this too fast, juggling such a specific anxiety that makes gathering such a crippling experience. Yeah, what
1: campus does she go to?
0: She says she's from Minifee. I don't know if she attends Minifee. So
1: this is interesting. So I'm going to play this video on my social media next week, but uh, one of our parking lot uh, guys at the Minifee campus, did you see the video? Uh, Found a woman sitting in the car outside the church Hmm. and he went up to her and approached her. And I actually addressed social anxiety this week and he told her, he said, you need to come inside because Pastor Matt's going to, he said, this sermon is for you. Yeah. And she actually came in.
0: Wow. Praise God. And
1: um, so what I want to say to everyone is uh, greeters, mm-hmm. parking lot people, like what you do is so important. Absolutely. You were the first line of God's love That's defense. That's right. When you check in somebody, when you, um, when you deal with somebody, like we have to be so loving and so kind. And so what I would say is what she needs to do is call the church office, let us know that she's coming. We're going to have a specific plan in place to help her. But here's the thing. God doesn't just want you to come worship publicly so that you worship him. He wants you to come worship publicly so that you're with his family. Mm -hmm. So the command is not just directed to him. So again, what are the essentials? Love God, love people, live on mission. Mm -hmm. And this is where so many Christians, so why can't I just watch online from home? Well, you can do the loving God part. That way. But yeah. you can't do the loving others. Mm-hmm. To, to love your neighbor, you actually have to embrace your neighbor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we're gonna get into that when we when we get into that message, that part in a couple of weeks, we're gonna do the Good Samaritan. Um, who is my neighbor?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: you know, if you're social anxiety, your neighbor is fellow believers. And so there are just so many people at our church, just so you know, I I battle anxiety. Um, people are so hard, and people will just say whatever they want to me. And I I am so flabbergasted at what people will just mm-hmm. say to me um, all over the place. And, um, you know, Tammy and I drive when we go shopping. We drive about 50 miles to go to a mall where we don't run into people because um, people, you know, comment on the car we drive, the clothes we wear, where we it's eat. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, Tammy and I, we got delayed in Orlando, uh, Florida for weather. And one of the flight attendants, she's like, oh, I got a sandals. She said, oh, I would have thought, I would have expected you'd be in coach. She said that out loud. I was sitting in business class. Now, yeah, uh, United, I fly with them all the time. I'm a platinum level member. We get upgraded all the time. They upgraded me. She's an employee of that company. My flying actually pays her salary. <laughs> but she's like, oh, she," and she just flippantly said that. But that's an insult. <laughs> oh, Pastor Matt, I would have thought you'd be in coach. It's like, well, okay. Isn't that funny? Yeah.
0: How people I mean, I don't know if people just assume I don't know what people assume. I, I people yeah. just have all sorts of assumptions about what a pastor does or who they yeah. are or what they should do or
1: yeah. I so that's frustrating. It was yeah, no, so so you just have to brace yourself for just the rudeness of people. Mm. And um and so much of what's racist, homophobe, it's just people's brokenness and they're just oh, absolutely. rude. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I know. Did I answer that question? I think
0: you did. Okay. I think we were talking specific anxiety, social anxiety. Yeah. You have to be with God's people. It's, yeah. it's so important. Yeah. So call we the need church, the body. Yeah.
1: Make an appointment. We'll have a strategic plan for you at any given campus. Absolutely. Uh, sit in the back. Let's try to, you know, and like I said, and I addressed it in last week's message specifically. So listen to it. Um, it, it, It's a process.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, even maybe I have to do this at time. I, you know, I'm much more of an introvert um, I go, I'm, I wouldn't say that I have social anxiety, but I always go thinking who, who can I bless today? Yeah. So even if I'm going to smile at somebody or I'm going to pay for somebody's coffee in the lobby, or I'm going to pray for somebody at the altar, what, I'm not just going to be a receiver. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay, Lord, how can I How can I be a blessing to someone today? So even, Kelly, maybe think about that. Baby steps, right? Yeah, call yeah. the church office and think, okay, yeah. who can I bless today? Who can I smile at today? Yeah. Who can I? Yeah, I'm glad yeah.
1: you said that. Um, so Jordan Peterson says that anxiety is rooted in self-focus. It is, yeah. And the way that, um, you know, it's why um, people who battle debilitating anxiety, they get them to care for animals. Yeah. So w- what the animal is doing or a, um, what do they call a pet when you, Emotional support pet. what it does is you're focusing on the pet. Yes. And it takes the attention off, off of yourself. you. Yep. And so so the solution to this is to take the attention off yourself and put it on others. And, and so yeah. And a lot of the people in our church who battle social anxiety work on the production team. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to talk to a lot so of people. True. Yeah. But they work behind the camera and I'm so grateful for them and what they do. And I check in with them from time to time and and you know, I mean, look. Some of these some of these things are going to be battles for life. Mm. Sometimes the Lord does a miracle and takes it away. That's right. And sometimes he asks us to service in spite of the That's suffering. That's right. That's so.
0: right. Amen. All right. Here's Laurel from Redlands. She said, or he, sorry. Hello, we found love and are getting married in our 60s. Woo! Yes. We're both believers. Our kids are grown and supportive. We're financially secure. You guys are awesome. Okay, yeah. Laurel. Um, and planning a wedding. I'm concerned about the business side of a marriage union. I definitely want to marry because the Bible says this is. The only right way to be a couple. Right. But I want to protect myself financially from the government. What would you say about seniors getting married, but not registering it with a license?
1: Yeah. And so I, I want every young person That's a great to hear. What, what's his name? Laurel. Laurel. So, Laurel, just press pause because this is going to feel like an insult. But <laughs> then I'm going to come back and, and try to put more grace and season this with salt. I just want every young person to hear. This guy's in his 60s, and it's still a struggle to do what he knows is right. Mm. This this never goes away, right? This is always a struggle. And so, Laurel, this is this what I hear from you as young people. Well, we're in love. Mm-hmm. God blesses love. It's okay for us to have a union. And so, so let me just say this for single people: there is a marriage penalty according to our tax code. Yeah, uh, because what they do is they take your money, put it together. So Tammy and I could pay less taxes if we divorced and filed separately. Mm-hmm. We don't do that because part of what the Bible teaches, we need to submit to the laws, you know, as long as they're not immoral laws and taxes, although they feel immoral are (laughs) not immoral. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I don't agree with a lot of the tax laws, but what we have to do, especially as senior citizens is we have to set an example for those who are young and say, look, even if this decision costs me, I'm going to do it. And so what I would say Laurel is what I would do is, uh, go see a tax consultant, Mm -hmm. um, There's a great, um, um, we have a great lawyer in Redlands. Uh, Did he say he's from Redlands? He did, yeah. And so um, his last name is Shoemate. I'm going to find out. He has a law firm. I forget the name of his law firm, but Tammy and I went there. We started a trust uh, to protect yourselves from, you know, unruly taxes. In the event something happens, you can also take out insurances to protect yourself as a couple, uh, you know, to see an accountant. And what I would just say is, look, it's okay as a Christian to operate within the law. Mm Mm-hmm it's not okay as a christian to go around the law mm-hmm. and so um so so i just do encourage you. i think that you need to get married both in the church and make it legal mm-hmm. on honest you know on paper and i think that's really important because you need to finish well mm. and you need to do this right and and so you know build a trust make sure that you protect you know oh. each other financially and i do think it's okay to protect one another's families that you've raised right. uh, and, and to look after them that is a real concern Um, you know, if uh, I die, uh, Tammy only gets 50% of my estate. The rest of it goes to my children Mm -hmm. because I don't want her to marry some dude (laughs) and my kids are not provided for or taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure that, and that's just a part of our trust Mm -hmm. that we set up because, you know, I, I don't have a moral obligation to whoever she marries and his children. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just don't, but I do have a moral obligation to my own children. And so I wanted to make sure that um, you know, Tammy's taken care of. There's plenty of money there for her to live her life. I love her. And, you know, her her next husband doesn't have to be stressed about money like <laughs> I have. So I want him to enjoy his life and my wife on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to uh, make sure that my kids are taken care of because yeah. I've experienced personally when... Uh, a family member has gotten remarried and they've forgotten their children mm-hmm. with the new spouse, and that I does mean, that does happen. So, so I do understand yeah. that. But listen, there are legal ways to protect yourself. to protect yourself, mm-hmm. and it may cost you a little money. You may have to set up a trust, mm-hmm. but you need to do those things to protect yourself from, um, you know, taxes or whatever. And so, look, the government gets to set the game. Christians should be really good at the game. Mm-hmm. What we don't get to do is cheat. Right? If you're cheating, you're sinning. Right? Um, you know. I, we don't get to make the rules. Play the game as best you can. That that's what I do. Um, you know, Tammy and I are tithers. Yeah, we would tithe even if the government doesn't give us a write off. But I get a write off for it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I take it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I don't think that that's immoral. Yeah, absolutely. So we take advantage of that. So, um, so I just would encourage you. I I think it's wrong. I think that you need to be both married in God's eyes and legally married. Right. I think it's a violation, and a manipulation of what God is saying. And so what people are going to say, well, they did. government wasn't involved in the past. True, but we don't live in the past. Right. We live in today. And again, as long as what the government is asking you to do is not evil, right? we need to do it.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you. I hear this so much for young people that are listening.
1: Oh, it might not be a man. It might be a woman. Yeah, Laurel. Oh, sorry, so Laurel, Laurel. Laurel, if you're a woman, we apologize.
0: Yeah, sorry about that, Laurel. Well, Laurel
1: is an older person, guys. It name, is. So... We found
0: love. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, Laurel, we apologize. Laurel, you're awesome. Yes. (laughs) Whichever way. I hear this all the time. Yeah. Like even dealing with my own, my husband's dad and, you know, him maybe starting to date.
1: Oh, that's right. Because Debo lost his mom. He
0: lost his mom. Yeah. A year ago. Um, there are ways to,
1: to protect yourself. There's prenuptial agreements. And those yeah. are fine. Yeah. Like there yeah. Laurel, there's a ton of things that you could do to protect your family financially. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that it's honoring to God to not legally be married.
0: Good. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Amanda from Redlands, another one from Redlands. I've been going to Sandals Church for over ten years and I've recently been betrayed and shunned by people in the church. Apparently there have been rumors spread about me that are causing this. I understand we're all sinners, but I'm experiencing pain and hurt from strong Christians. Passing judgment on me. How do we get past that and be in community with those in the church? What's her name? Amanda. Amanda.
1: I don't know, but as soon as you figure it out, let me know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I mean, kind of weaved through this whole conversation have been some of those things that even you have experienced. Yeah, we
1: got to remember, Amanda. It was religious people that put Christ on the cross. Um, it was a pagan secularist named Pilate who washed his hands and he said, "I'm not doing it." He yeah. said, I, I, "I find this man not to be guilty." <laughs> That's right. And it was religious people who literally accused him of blaspheming. So we got to remember, Christ was put on the cross for gossip, mm-hmm. from gossip.
2: Yeah,
1: and um, hmm. you know, unfortunately, as Christians, you know, we talk so much about you know transgenderism, homosexuality, and we don't talk about gossip or slander Good. that are mentioned in those same paragraphs. Like just, just do a study where sexual immorality is mentioned. Mm-hmm. Gossip and slander will always That's be right. mentioned right alongside of it. And, um, you know, I, I, I heard a story from a rabbi once who, um, who, who told this story, and it was a, a, a Jewish man in his synagogue who had gossiped and slandered the rabbi and then came and asked for forgiveness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the rabbi said, of, co- of course I will. There's just one thing that I ask. And he took him outside. It was in a coastal community, and the wind was blowing. And he took a feather pillow, and he cut the feather pillow, and he released all the feathers. Mm. He said, "You and I are good when all of those feathers are returned." Wow. And the man said, "I don't understand." He said, "He said you don't just have to make it right with me. Your gossip are the feathers of evil that you have spread all around this church." And I cannot tell you Mm. how someone um, like I get accused of lying. We we let a youth minister go um, a couple of years ago, and. There was a lot of ugliness surrounded by it. To this day,
2: mm-hmm. I get
1: publicly accused for lying mm-hmm. because of how he was let go. And I've reconciled with this youth pastor. I'm praying for the, this youth pastor is serving God. I pray for blessings upon this youth. Yeah. I still receive the daggers and the wounds for the lies and the slander. And isn't inter- the, the lies that I'm accused of is lying? And 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 what I would say is this youth pastor. God bless him no longer believed that I was truthful. I would say that's a true statement. That doesn't mean I lied.
2: Right. It means he
1: believed that that what I was saying was not truthful. Mm. Um, What I would say, it was an extraordinarily difficult situation. It was extraordinarily personal. And um, Mm. I tried to handle it in a private way. He chose to handle it in a public way. And I chose not to speak back, but he did. And to this day, this is 10 years ago. (laughs) I still hear people say, you're a liar. Wow. And it's very painful to me. Mm-hmm. It's very hurtful to me. I made a tough decision. Leadership decisions are often very tough. Yeah. And rather than simply telling people, Pastor Matt made a decision that I disagree with, it turns into a character assassination war. And he attacked me personally. And this is somebody that I love, discipled, prayed for, blessed, yeah. mm-hmm. and came after me. And it it hurts. And it still hurts Amanda. Mm-hmm. To this day, mm-hmm. it hurts. And uh, what's so sad is this youth pastor, you know, went off on their mission following God, and I get to live in the soup <laughs> of gossip and slander, yeah. and I have to walk around in a community where people truly believe that I mishandled this situation. Now, could I have handled it better? Sure. Right. Um, did I intentionally sin or lie? Absolutely not. I was trying to handle a very difficult situation that was personal, um, and it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I would have handled things in different ways, but... So, Amanda, this, this this is what it means. And, and part of what I would say, is it okay for me to leave Sandals Church because I've been wounded and gossiped mm-hmm. about and slandered? No. Yeah. So, Amanda, is it okay for you? Right. No. So here's the thing where I'm really concerned about you, Amanda. It's affecting your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's where the enemy gets in. um, Because what we say is when God allows people to hurt us, what we do is we we start questioning God. And that's what the enemy did to Eve in the garden. Did God really say, is yeah. God really good? Right. And that's where the enemy slips in and then ultimately affects your faith. And so what I would do is I would encourage you, and my wife and I have had passionate dis- disagreements about this. Um, we choose to take the high road. My, I've, I've held my wife with tears. Yeah. Why? Do, she says, why do we always have to take the high road? And I just say, because, because we answer to God mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm not saying that we, I've always handled it perfectly. I've had moments where I have responded in anger. I have, um, been tempted to slander back. Uh, and the Bible says we never repay evil for evil, even when it's done to us. Mm-hmm. And so what we have to do is hold our heads high and just understand that, that, that gossip and slander is the major sin of the church. Yeah, absolutely. It is 100%. And it's what we do and Jesus was slandered against. Jesus was gossiped against. I've been slandered. I've been I have had things told to me where my jaw drops. People that I've loved, cared for, ministered yep. to, walked alongside in their pain. Um I mean I I I have literally been a rescuer of marriages and those people hate me and go to another church today Mm -hmm. because something happened or, you know, and I'm human. I I make mistakes. Um, and when I sin, I try to admit it. Uh, and that doesn't always, that doesn't always work. I've said to people, I've sinned against you, please forgive me. And it, it emboldens them. Mm. They, they don't go, Oh, thank you, pastor. They see, you know, and they, and I mean, they double down and they Mm. come after me. And so here's the thing, Amanda, what, if what if what Amanda's saying is true, mm-hmm. and I don't know, it's wrong. It, listen to me, Amanda. It's evil. Yeah, you have to choose. The Bible says, "Do not repay evil with evil, but bless those who persecute you." That's what our Lord and Savior has called us to do, and so we have to bless them. And so, what I do is I smile, I shake hands, um, I go to events where um, I went to a party. <laughs> I went to a party where it was a bunch of people that have all left sandals church because they don't like some of the decisions that I've made and we were just being glared at gosh some of these people I've led to Christ
2: mm-hmm.
1: I've ministered to I've I've come alongside these people and just and my wife just was she's like I'm going to throw up mm. they were so evil and yeah. it's so hard to hold your head high to maintain your composure and and to try to work through that um you know, I'm, I'm an alumni of California Baptist University. There are professors there who mock me, who make fun of me, and who put me down. My kids have been in classes with professors. It's my alma mater, mm-hmm. um, and I get ridiculed, and it's so awful. And these, these are Christians, yeah, absolutely. you know, I get more ridicule from CBU than I did from UCR, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and it's just like, oh my gosh. And UCR is the University of California Riverside. That's that's our local university. Um, and that's the thing that's so hard. Um, I mean, if I've made errors, it's because I've tried to operate with Colossians chapter four, or five and yeah. six. I've tried to be intentional about treating outsiders differently from insiders. I've tried to season what I'm saying with salt. And my fellow believers have considered that compromise. Yeah. They consider me, was it a little woke? Wee, it, bit, wee bit wee, woke. Wee, wee bit woke. And they <laughs> come at bit. me. And um, and you know, just in my commentary, the video that we posted about like you're right, look on um, both sides are offended. Yeah. Like I'm a, a wee bit woke and I'm a conservative wacko. And, and and they're they're listening to the same video. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And so, Amanda, what I would yeah. say is here's what I do. When I'm gossiped or slandered about, Jesus says to love your enemies. Why do we do that? Because sometimes these people that have gossiped and slandered about me, some of what they're saying is true.
2: Mm.
1: And so as a leader. I need to own it. Sometimes we need to love our enemies, not just because Christ has commanded us to, but because they're the only person that's willing to say the truth. Mm. And so, okay, have I been arrogant? Have I been prideful? Was I too political? Was I dodging an issue? And all of those are true because I'm a sinner, Mm -hmm. saved by grace. And so I have to own that and I have to listen to those things. And then I have to say, okay, God, how can I learn? How can I do better and at the end of the day, I don't model my behavior after people who aren't changing, who won't listen, who don't grow. That's right. I'm modeling my life after Christ, and I have to listen to him. And Amanda, that's so hard. But what did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's right. And the devil is always in the midst of gossip. So don't join the devil in that gossip, mm-hmm. but try to rise above. It's hard, and I get it, Amanda. It's so it's hard. hard. And my heart goes out to you. So what I would do is I would just say, look, Sandals has 14 campuses. Find another campus. Uh, build another friend network. And I'm so sorry. And I would pray for those people.
0: Absolutely. Pray
1: for them because gossip is evil. And and, and don't, let, don't let how the enemies spoil their heart. Don't let the enemy spoil your mm-hmm. heart. Because at the end of the day, man, if you're not careful, bitterness can get That's in. That's right. Uh, anger can get in, and what does Paul say in Romans? It gives the devil a foothold That's in your right. life, and um, and and it's okay. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry, but man, you got to give that to the Lord. And it's so it's so hard. And no,
0: Amanda, that I mean, if you've been in church for any length of time, mm-hmm. you have experienced people who are just rude and angry and mean and gossipy and slandery. And I love that you said. I love that you said sometimes part of it could be true, that we really need to look at our heart and go, okay, is there something that's going on inside or have I been arrogant? And sometimes when it's just a straight lie, I have watched God tear those lies down. I have watched him fight for me.
1: Yeah, and Amanda, understand this. God never blesses sin. Never. Ever and so you just need to understand so when people part with gossip when that's people right. part with slander that's right they have invited the devil into that's their right. life and so what you need to do is say do i do i want the blessing so one of the most important passages of scripture says i i give to you today life and death i pray that you may choose mm-hmm. life and we must choose life gossip and slander is death mm-hmm. because it kills people it destroys people and um, just like that rabbi said, you know, I mean, that rabbi is not a Christian, right? So Jesus says we must forgive,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, no matter what. But that rabbi, I loved what he said, man. It's not just it's what powerful. you said; yeah. it's the feathers that you spread. Effect. Yeah, and these feathers go out and um, they infect others, and mm-hmm. and that's why we need to be so careful not to share gossip. Because yeah. I tell I, I tell this all the time to my wife when when she hears something. There's whatever was said. There's how it was heard. There was how it was shared to you. There's how you heard it. And now it's how you're telling me. Mm -hmm. Remember telephone when we were kids? Yeah, I was just
2: thinking that was like like, telephone. It's like,
1: oh my gosh, we have no idea. And I actually, I have been confronted. Mm. I'm looking at my staff in the room. I've been confronted by people over something I've said. And I'm like, you weren't in the room. Mm. (laughs) I was in the room. Yeah. You you weren't in the room. Right. But it's now coming to you through these multiple channels and yep. you're judging me. Yeah. And You weren't even in the room. Yeah. You don't know what was said.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, man, <laughs> and we just got to be so careful because careful. the devil loves gossip. The devil yeah. loves. Slander.
0: God hates it.
1: Yeah. God and hates so, it. And I mean, so much of the commentary, you know, like the feedback, you know, Pastor Matt's gone woke or Pastor Matt's gone fashion. It's like, man, I haven't changed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: I haven't changed. So, you know, I'm still the same guy. Now, hopefully I got a little wiser. Wow. This is the longest debrief ever.
0: This is awesome. Thanks, Amanda.
1: Appreciate it. Great question, man. I'm praying for you.
0: We have another one. This is RJ from Arizona. I've been attending Sandals Church since I was in sixth grade and now I'm 21. My family and I recently moved to Arizona. I want to find a church out here, but I love Sandals so much. I try to read my Bible every day and do Bible study classes online. I just want to be as close as possible to God. And I loved going to Sandals in person, but now I only do online. My question is, should I find a church in the area or keep doing Sandals online?
1: Yeah. So RJ, you need to do one of two things. And so thank you so much for watching online. Yeah, um, I think it's okay for people who are a part of another church to listen online. I think that's fabulous. Listen to as many speakers, preachers mm-hmm. as you possibly can. Uh, I listen to Maverick City Worship. Mm-hmm. They're not worship leaders here. Right. But I, But I love it. Um, but but I'm not a part of their community. So RJ, here's what I would say is, you need to make a decision. As God called you to be a part of Sandals, if he has, then what you need to do is start a Sandals Anywhere location mm-hmm. and you need to start inviting your friends to watch with you and then immediately go into a small group discussion. Mm-hmm. And you need to be so, um, but but your group must be open mm-hmm. to neighbors, friends, people who disagree with you. But you need to be taking the next step of saying, okay, I'm going to gather with yeah. And um, you need to be tithing to Sandals Church if Sandals church or what you could do is find another local church, plug in there and then watch Sandals on That's the good. side because, you know, we all have people that speak to us. Mm-hmm. And so if God, RJ's his name. Yeah. So if God has chosen me to speak to you, RJ, then it's OK for me to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. You know, um, I still listen to pastors who are dead. And they're no longer with us because God uses them to speak to me, but I'm not a part of their church. Right. I'm a part of Sandals Church. So I would just go before the Lord, and I would say, Lord, do you want me to continue in fellowship with Sandals Church? If so, then I've got to figure out how to invite my friends. And just to be honest with your friends, hey, guys, um, I-, I watch Sandals Church. It's in California. It's a challenge. It's not local. Would you guys be a part of me let's watch on sundays or saturdays let's make this our church and then let's immediately go in Mm -hmm. to small group you know discussions and we're going to reach our community where we are we're going to tie the sandals church we're going to figure out a way to be connected to sandals church this is my church uh i don't think you should double date yeah i think you should pick a church and plug in um and you know i love all the churches you know in riverside harvest the grove uh Mm -hmm. the rock church in Mm -hmm. san Bernardino. love all those churches uh, the Rocks and Redlands. San Bernardino. Right, yeah. Oh, San Bernardino.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but Sandals is my home. Right. So this is my home church. And and, and I'm and I'm loyal to Sandals. Mm-hmm. So, but I care for those other churches Absolutely. because I want to be a big C Christian. So RJ, just go before the Lord and just just literally ask the Holy Spirit and say, and maybe you need to pray about it. Maybe you need to fast about it because choosing your church is a big decision.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, it, and be open, RJ, to the Holy Spirit saying, Sandals is your church and you need to move back.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Because... Uh, when, when Tammy and I started town Church, we had to move. We were in Huntington Beach. We had mm. to move. Mm-hmm. So, so many people want God to move where they are. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes God wants you That's to move right. where he is. And, and let me say this. You know, so many Christians have fled California. You might be listening right now from Texas, Tennessee, Idaho. What if the Holy Spirit's calling you to move to California?
0: Yeah, we need you. Yeah,
1: we need you. <laughs> This is the front lines, guys, that's and, right, and, and we're losing <laughs> yeah. so. So, we need you. Maybe the Holy Spirit would lead you to move here and to be a part of what we're doing. That's good. Rather than running from progressivism, maybe God's calling you to run to it to help us in this battle it's because sad. so many of the dollars, um, you know, are in Texas, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like, my friends' churches that are in Texas, like, their budgets. I'm just like. <laughs> You know they're gonna like open a park in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, we're trying to we're trying to upgrade our lighting system. <laughs> they, their budgets. I'm not kidding you. A church in Texas of Sandals' size budget would be five times.
0: Oh, I believe it.
1: five times, smack
0: dab in the Couple middle years of ago, the Bible Belt.
1: <laughs> we we're trying to raise was it 15 million for each? Was it 15 million? I, it was 10 million was our goal. My friend was in Dallas, Texas, half the size of Sandals. Their goal was 160 million. Half house. I was like, Lord, I know you love us all equally, but this feels very unfair. (laughs) I see
0: what you did for these people. They
1: were were raising 160 million dollars. And I'm not saying they didn't have
0: sure, the you need. Know, good goals. Right.
1: I'm just saying, God, we're trying to, can I get 10? Can I get <laughs> yes. 10 million? And then there are other churches that can't imagine 10 million. Right. Um, but, you know, Sandals has 14 campuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of our campuses, uh, you know, need help. We're trying to, I've been praying for a long time for a campus in Corona. We're trying to buy a, a campus there, um, you know, and it's these things are millions of dollars. And uh, so, ma'am, you know, help us out. Send us a yeah. Maybe you're listening from Texas and the Lord would lead you to, Come to write on a check over. for a, cover Come a million on bucks It'd over to California. Yeah, we, we could need, use you.
0: We need you. Yes. We need Amen. the body here. And please yeah. don't leave if you're. <laughs> yes. Unless the Lord tells you to go. We need us here. Yeah. We need to hold, Amen. hold the line. Amen. Okay. All
1: right. I know. That was a side note.
0: It was a side note. And we're still here. Okay. Alyssa from Menifee. Another Minifee. Love yes. y'all in Minifee. In your message on Sunday, you talked about how churches and about people and their needs and mm-hmm. quotes. What about Christians who refer to the church as a hospital for the broken people in need of healing? Is it wrong or a sin to attend church with a need for yourself?
1: Of course not. Yeah. No, of course not. And so so that's the problem. You know, whenever I'm trying to make a point, it's not, it's not all of all the points. All inclusive, right. Yeah, now. it's not all inclusive thing. Here's the, her name's Alyssa. Yes. Alyssa, here's the problem. Most Christians stay in the hospital. They never get well. Yeah, let's go. So what I would say is you need to come to church as a hospital, but you need to heal. Mm -hmm. You need to invite God into your brokenness. And then when you heal, you need to become a nurse. You need to become a doctor. Yeah. You need to start serving, right? Hospitals have toilets that need to be cleaned. Mm -hmm. Hospitals have patients that need to be fed and cared for. And um, you know, on the fundraising thing is, it drives me crazy that I have to constantly hire people to do ministry. God's called us all to do ministry. Mm-hmm. And we need to do that and take that work seriously. Um, you know, if I won the lottery tomorrow, um, I'm going to work at Sandals Church for free because that's what the Lord's called yeah. me to do. I Amen. am a servant of the King. And um, I, I want to serve Him. And so we need to do that. And so, so what I would say is, Come for your healing. Come for what That's you right. need. And, and and even if you are a doctor or a nurse, there are going to be weeks at the church where you need to be fed. Mm-hmm. You need to come forward for prayer. Um, You know, what we need to do is, and here's the key, it's care for one another. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes what that means, you know, like for you when you're flying or when you had surgery, I'm praying for you.
2: Right. You know, right. Donna
1: gets to be a patient yeah, in the right. church. And and that's totally appropriate. Even though you're a leader, you needed prayer. Yeah, absolutely. You needed concern. Um, you know, you know, and that's appropriate. And, and and likewise for me, if I need prayer from you, I can ask that absolutely from you. And so um, you know, sometimes we're patients and sometimes, you know, we're caretakers and sometimes we're both. Yeah. So what we need to do is understand that, you know, the hospital is a place where we're sick, but we all need to be worked working at getting well. My book that's coming out in March. Um, I just found out it comes out the weekend of my wife's fiftieth birthday and our anniversary. I'm oh. like, oops. So I'm gonna try to see if I can change that date. But, you know, Jesus came to Soto. That word Soto in Greek means to save and to heal. Yeah. He doesn't just want to save you. That's right. He wants to heal you. And so how do we work towards healing? And so, like back to Amanda, uh Tammy and I went out to um dinner with some friends of ours the millers and uh their therapists which They're is always awesome oh you know them mm-hmm. it's always helpful to go out to dinner with a therapist right <laughs> you just try to sneak in some free questions
2: <laughs> but
1: uh a tammy not my tammy but uh tammy miller the therapist she said i was talking about um you know when people hurt you and uh this is back for amanda tammy this is or amanda this is what tammy said she said you just bumped into somebody's brokenness mm-hmm. And so, ultimately, Amanda, the, these these girls or guys that are gossiping about you, it's it's exposing their brokenness, Absolutely. their insecurity, their weakness, and you're bumping into their brokenness. And we all experience this, and that's why, um, you know, we just need to have grace for each other. It doesn't mean we allow abuse. That's right. We don't look the other way, but it's just, um, just it's just brokenness. And and going back to that young man that I discipled and mentored, who was a youth pastor. Um, when ultimately our relationship was broken i bumped into his brokenness his brokenness bumped into mine yeah and um revealed some deep wounds mm-hmm. and insecurities that had not been yet healed by the lord and um you know and that's ultimately what was exposed to me i think i was i was acutely aware of how this youth pastor had sinned against me i, I was not aware of where maybe I had sinned and mm-hmm. I needed to grow
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the Lord. The Lord really revealed that to me. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't end the gossip. Right. That doesn't end the slander. Right. Um, and so I still have to live in that cesspool, mm-hmm. but I have to grow and I have to heal. So man, these are man. some great questions. These are
0: awesome. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I think we're going to do one more. Yes. We can do both. Yes. Right. Awesome. Okay. Um, can I say this? I just have this real, I pray for your pastors. Like, Pray for your pastors. There's, I told you, I have a friend, she has a ministry called Pray for Your Pastor mm, well, and that's you. all she does. Tell her to put my name I on the know. list. I I actually will because she's amazing. Um, but pray for your pastors, they they need your prayers and and the body, pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all dealing with something at some point Yeah, need a, to yeah. be prayed for and healed and, and lifted
1: up. Yeah, yeah, so I actually, um, there's a pastor in Texas um, and he's a dear friend and a mentor. He says that the average person goes through, uh, Seven relational hardships hmm. in a lifetime. A pastor goes through seven a year. Wow. So I just, I want you to think of all your trauma. Yeah. All your, and and by trauma, I mean gossip, sure. slander, right, brokenness. Right. right. The average person goes through seven like divorces. Maybe it's a, not divorces, but a, a divorce in a relationship, sure. a divorce in a friendship, right. divorce from a family member. Mm-hmm. The average person has to endure seven of those in a lifetime. Yeah, a pastor has to go through seven of those a year. Wow, and um, I, I and I would say that's the greatest wounding, and our Lord knows that. Yeah, He does because He sat across from the table from Judas, <laughs> and He said, "Go and do what you must do."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and, but He loved Judas mm-hmm. so much so that the disciples had no idea what He meant when He said
0: that. Right, right.
1: You know, um, and so. That always blows me away when I've been hurt by somebody or betrayed by somebody. Our Lord knew that. He knew. Yeah. And he my, knows. Yeah. Okay.
0: Colin from Canyon Lake. This is a really good one. They're all really good, you guys. Thank you so much for sending these in. Our community group, uh, we were discussing the idea of contextual knowledge mm-hmm. and memorization of scripture versus the memorization of singular verses that may be bring great comfort and encouragement in a particular season, but they're taken out of context. Sure. Is that harmful or wrong, or is there value in both?
1: Yeah, so I know Colin. I know who this is. Um, he's a very bright guy, the educator. Um, Colin, I, I think that we need to know both. We need to know scripture. Mm-hmm. And and most verses um, are taken out of context. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous verses, I can do all things in Christ mm-hmm. who strengthens me. That that verse is not a verse that you wear as an MMA fighter so you can mm-hmm. break somebody's nose. <laughs> right. But that's
0: how, it, that's how that's
1: it's, how it's used. used. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so what is the context there? Um, the context is actually being able to endure hardship mm-hmm. and years of plenty. And um, that verse is so important because, um, like, if you're in the mortgage industry, you've had a good run. Mm -hmm. And now it's just, it's tough.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So that verse is, okay, you 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 can can do do all things when the Lord bless you. But now, right right now, we're going through a transition, a real estate transition. You You can can get through this too. And that's that's what it means. Um, You know, Sandals had a great run from... 2015 to 2019, just incredible run. 2020 to 2023, brutal, brutal, hardest three years of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Lost lifelong friends. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, just think about the 2020s. We had the pandemic, uh, we had <laughs> Race the, riots. the elections, we had George <laughs> Floyd, um, aliens. Like, aliens are like, people don't even consider. Yeah, that.
0: people didn't even bat an eye at the yeah. aliens because, you know.
1: Yeah. So, it's just been, it's just been insane. Um, it, this has been the hardest years. Uh, 2020, the 2020s have become the politicization of everything.
0: Absolutely.
1: Everything is political and it's, it's been a nightmare. Yeah. And um, so we just, we, yeah.
0: There's a value in both.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so we need to know, we need to know both. I can do all things. So Colin, I, I think that we need to know scripture. Yeah. but but you got to be careful with that because there are some scriptures in the Old Testament where I've heard people say, "Well, that's just to the Hebrews."
2: Hmm.
1: Well, Paul says that we're a part of Israel; we've been grafted in, and so um, God can speak to that. And so, like one of the passages that speaks specifically to me is Jeremiah chapter one, where before before I was formed in the womb, you yeah, knew right. me. Mm-hmm. Well, you could say contextually
0: that was about Jeremiah. That's
1: just about <laughs> Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but I think that is true of all of us. Mm-hmm. Before all of us were in the womb, God knew us and has called us to be a voice for Him. Yeah. So, um, and so, so, how do you get there, Colin? You read Jeremiah chapter one, and then I go to remember the essentials. Does anybody remember the essentials? Yeah. Love God. Live. Love people. Live on mission. Mm -hmm. So go ye therefore and baptized, teaching them everything that I've commanded you. So mm-hmm. the Great Commission says everyone is Jeremiah. Yeah, We're all Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. We've all been known before we were formed in the moon and we've all been called to preach and to proclaim mm-hmm. the gospel. And uh, uh, and unlike Jeremiah, he got to proclaim bad news.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> We get to proclaim good news. Right. Like Jeremiah was like the horrible gospel. Mm-hmm. You're all gonna die. I just <laughs> underlined this <laughs> passage the other day. I was reading through Jeremiah. Jeremiah prophesies this the Lord will take your women and give them to other men.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I am so grateful I've never had to preach. Can you imagine if I told Devo, the Lord is going to take Donna and give her to another man because of your sin? Jeremiah. (laughs) Jeremiah has the worst sermons ever to preach. That's right. and, And then people react, Colin, well, wait a minute, I can't believe that a good God would do that. All throughout Jeremiah's message, it says it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. If you would just turn and then twenty nine Like yeah.
0: I know the plans I, I have know, for I, you. I know yeah. I have plans At the end. For you. Yeah.
1: And so so let's speak about that verse in right. context. I know the plans I have for you, plans for good, plans for prosper you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah is prophesying those words as Jerusalem burns, mm-hmm. as all the men are dead, as all the women are being literally pretty girls, you're now somebody else's uh husband. Young men, you're now a slave. Right. Um, unless you're too strong, then you're killed. Right. And then uh, old ladies, you're left. Mm. So the old ladies are, the old people are left with no children. Think about that. And the city is burning. And in that verse, Jeremiah turns. I love he could have said, I told you. That's the one that right, right. Brown would have said, I told you, idiots. <laughs>
0: This didn't have to but happen, what he yet. says
1: is the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you yeah. plans to prosper. And so then out of that, what happens? Daniel, yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, um, Nehemiah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Ezra, hmm. some of the greatest men of God come out of the Babylonian captivity. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the Jewish alphabet is solidified in that time Um think about this they're enslaved and forced to speak Aramaic. Mm-hmm. this is the beauty of God the book of Daniel takes their enslaved language and turns it into the Word of God mm-hmm. so some people don't know this but the, the the Old Testament's all Hebrew except for Daniel Daniel's Aramaic oh, wow. and so Aramaic is the Babylonian l- language, language. Mm-hmm. um you know so I mean think about you know your own story Wh- which side of your family slaves my mom's so your mom's side so so she's she's enslaved taken from Africa, brought to America. And out of that, right, think of the cultural, spiritual revival of of blacks who are saved and redeemed out of this horrific
0: thing called American
1: slavery. Same thing happens Mm -hmm. to the Israelites. Mm -hmm. And out of that comes Daniel. Well, we got a Daniel, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, Like we we got these people out Out. of this movement that reminded America what the calling was. And it's just so beautiful. And God does that. And some of us are like, um, I talk about this in my book, um, the ch- chapter on why God, instead of asking why, the better question is how. How mm-hmm. are you going to use this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so Colin, fantastic question. Absolutely. And so what I would say, both are important. I think scripture is important, but we want to contextualize it. What did God mean in this? And then how do I interpret that? And yeah. I, I, I try, Colin, um, I try to get this right in my sermon prep, but we're all, we all take things out of context. Absolutely. Um, you know, even and even the Apostle Paul, when he quotes Old Testament scripture, sometimes I'm like, eh. you know, that was okay, that was close. Um, you know, and, and that's where my Jewish friends criticize Paul. Yeah. Because they're like, well, that was taken out of context. And so, um, you know, but I have to assume, right, that the Holy Spirit spoke through Paul. And so it's, it's, it's good because it's scripture. But, you know, the Apostle Paul is accused of by Jews of doing the same thing. Mm. And we all tend to do that. Um, you know, but the verse, you know, that i use this week and i wonder if colin's talking about this you know he who is not with me is against me he who does not gather scatters so is that in the context of the church specifically no but it's linked to the purpose of gathering why did jesus come yeah to gather mm-hmm. to gather whom? us yeah and so we need to understand contextually That gathering is something that is essential to Jesus. Even as he goes to Jerusalem, I didn't use this verse. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long I've wanted to gather your children to me to protect them. Mm -hmm. Even even as ultimately, you know, the church is going to be scattered and, and all the terrible things that happen to believers in that, you know, first couple of years as the church even then his heart is still the gatherers to gather it's together. Together to him. Yeah. And so so that's why I use that verse. And um, and I think that it's so important to understand that gathering is essential to Jesus. It's part of what he does. The devil scatters, Jesus mm-hmm. gathers. And so many Christians are scatterers in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I use that verse. And so yeah. that was a great question, that's Colin. That's good, awesome. And I love Colin.
0: Awesome, okay.
1: Colin tried to die on his wedding.
0: Oh no. Yeah, his
1: wedding day. He almost didn't make it. He had appendicitis.
0: Oh no. Yeah. We're glad you made
1: it. Yeah, Colin. yeah. He, he was like almost passed out the whole wedding. vows.
0: Oh, no. Colin! Yeah.
1: He's probably super embarrassed. I love you, Colin. <laughs> and I'm glad you didn't die.
0: Awesome. All right. Here's our last one. It's Zach from yeah. Oklahoma City.
1: Ooh,
0: Awesome. Um, I've been in a small group for about a year and a half, and it's been pretty unfruitful for my fiance <laughs> and I. We've been waiting, praying in hopes that it gets better, but it hasn't. We've been thinking of getting into a community with a couple or two that are in the same stage of life that we're in. Is it necessary to have the small group and the couples, or should we leave the small group to pursue community with other couples?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just don't have enough information here. I, I too, have been in unfruitful small groups. I've been in small groups where the Holy Spirit has radically changed my life, and I've been in small groups Mm -hmm. where I'm like, God, why do you have me here? Here's what I've discovered is, is the Lord is in both. Mm. And so, um, what I would really go in, and seek is, is why is it unfruitful? And maybe it's because, um, go back to, and I misquoted this verse in a lot. I said, it, I said Colossians one Did you guys correct that? It was Colossians three 16 from last week, or maybe I, I can't, I misquoted, but it's Colossians three sixteen and it says, let each person, when you gather together, have a word or him mm-hmm. or something. And so what I would say, what's this guy's name? Zach. Zach, what I would say is before you leave your small group, are you resisting the Holy Spirit to what the Holy Spirit's saying? That's good. Because maybe what the Holy Spirit's saying is, hey guys, I feel like this group is unfruitful.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: And so make sure you don't say it in a condescending way, right, right. in a self-righteous way, but just say like, hey, I I feel like we should be doing more.
0: Mm. And
1: before you leave the group, let the Holy Spirit speak through you to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if that doesn't go well, and, and hopefully you weren't a jerk in the way that you said it, then yeah, maybe go to Another thing. And, and I think the same stage of life is great. The problem is um, so so many times what you need to hear is from people who are at a different stage in mm-hmm. your life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, like if you're all young singles, you just multiply your collective stupidity and ignorance. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're all young marrieds, you multiply your collectivity, stupidness, and ignorance. What you need is an older couple that's like, hey, I've been there. I understand what that's like. Mm-hmm. And here's what we did. Here's how we handled that. Um, because... When you get in a group with people at the same stage at life, you eliminate wisdom and perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You literally say, No, I just, I just want people who have the same perspective as as me. And um, and I think you're you're missing out. Um mm-hmm. and I and I, I think this is huge. Um, you know, I was uh, you know, think about all the racial tensions, you know, that we have in America. And I was talking to a black friend of mine and and he literally made this comment. He said, he said, black people all know what white people expect. And I, I was like, wait, 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 wait excuse me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I said, you know, a white person. Right. me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So why don't you ask me right. if I've ever thought that or believe that? And yeah. I, I said, because I haven't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it'd be silly for a bunch of white people to get together and talk about what black people need. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe we shouldn't do that. But we do the same thing with marriage, we do the same thing with singles, we do the same thing with youth. We all get together and we eliminate. See, the beauty of the church is the wisdom of different races, different Absolutely. genders, different cultures, different age groups. Mm-hmm. And we're eliminating that wisdom. Um, and, and we need it together. And so, uh, but you should have seen my friends looking at me. thinking, he goes like I never considered that. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, man, I said black people have a lot of wisdom about black people, but I don't know that they necessarily know. <laughs> what right. I'm thinking or feeling. Right. Um, and I told them, I said, I love you. I said, I'm a little offended. Yeah. You know, but I was like, Could, why don't you just ask me? Because mm-hmm. I said, I don't think that's true. And, you know, I'm not saying there wasn't a white person that never thought that or felt that, but I don't think that's like a collective. Right. You know, at my white people meetings. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't think that we, I've heard that. Um, but but it's just, <laughs> it's just so, uh, by the way, I don't go to white people meetings. Um, yeah, sorry. Um I know.
0: Uh, Pastor Matt goes to yeah. white people meetings. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I don't That's go to hilarious. Um, yeah. But, but, you No, know, but it's very true. Yeah. Right. We just, we just don't. And, um, you know, I, I think that we need to be generally inquisitive to what other people are, are feeling or sensing. Yeah, I just would say this pray to the Holy Spirit. Yes. I would speak to my group first. Yeah.
2: That's good. Um,
1: and, and, you know, and there's going to be hurt feelings because I've broken up through small groups and there's mm-hmm. been hurt feelings every time. And let me say this: small groups do run their course. Yeah, like it, right. it just kind of becomes mundane, and and then maybe that might be the time for you to break up. I just don't like the should we go to? If God's calling you to minister to people of the same age, then then I would say, okay, I think that's good. But I think just simply saying, well, I want to be with people who are like me, yeah, I don't. That's usually not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So.
0: Um, I mean, maybe they're trying to build friendship, yeah. with couples, yes. and so then there's a place for that but then i think it's really important to keep the wisdom piece in there like yeah. let's their fiance this is you know they're engaged so find some people that have been married for 10 yeah. years 15 20 years so that mm-hmm. you have those people around you as well so
1: yeah. yeah and let me just say i mean i'm doing the best i can i appreciate with what you know, you've given yeah with yeah. what you've given me and so I'm, I'm trying to read between the lines and making assumptions and so yeah
0: thanks zach we appreciate it that was really good
1: yeah your laugh was hilarious that was
0: <laughs> Yeah, we don't do white people meetings. We don't have black people meetings either. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, there's not. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can submit your questions to move.sc forward slash ask anytime or go to the Saddles Church app and we'll see you next time. Share with somebody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.